Daniel in the lion's den. This is one of the most familiar stories from the book of Daniel in the Bible, and it's what we're focusing on this week. What's really cool is when you look at this story, you see how the Lord delivered Daniel from the mouths of the lions. But when you look deeper, you see that the Lord has been delivering Daniel from the lions around him his whole life in the culture that he's been living. And this is a great testimony to how we can live in the culture around us, that we don't have to be afraid of the lions, those who don't agree with what we believe and maybe who attack us from all sides. We can decide to live on the word of God and he will protect us. He will shut the mouths of those lions. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. This is our last week of our series, Living Among Lions, and I'm really excited for you to hear this message. It's really challenging and encouraging, so listen up. Here's Pastor Sarah. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good. It's good to see you guys who are here. It's great to see those of you who are worshiping with us online this morning. My name is Sarah. I am one of the pastors here at New Community Church, and I just want to say I'm so thankful for all of you, those of you who are able to come out, those of you who are making it a priority to get up in the mornings on Sunday, even in your PJs, and gather your family together online and to worship, to stand and to sing. We're facing some situations that none of us have faced before, right? And um, now more than ever, we need our community of faith. We need to feel as part of the body of Christ. And it's challenging, and I just want to acknowledge that, right? It's challenging. So if you're struggling right now to feel connected to the body of Christ, it's okay. We all are feeling it together. But I just want to say I'm so grateful that so many of you are making it a priority. You're pushing through and you're striving to continue to engage because connecting with the body of Christ is a really vital part of growing in our faith. We can't do this alone, right? And we really can't do it alone right now because we desperately, desperately need one another. And so thank you guys for being here, whether you're online with us or you're in the building this morning. If you're brand new, it's your very, very first time, we are so pumped that you're checking out. NCC, uh, we are passionate about making people in places new. It's been our mission since the beginning of our church. And if you're brand new, we want to help you. We want to help you to keep moving forward in your faith. We don't want you to stay stagnant or just kind of check in here and there. So be sure to go to that link that Pastor Aaron gave us earlier, newcommunity.co slash new. Let us know a little bit about yourself so we can provide some resources to you, just help you to keep growing in your faith. So this week is our last week of this series of Living Among Lions. Have you guys enjoyed this series, Walking Through the Book of Daniel? I'm kind of, I tend to be an old school. I love special series, but I love walking through a book of the Bible. There's something about just going through chapter by chapter and seeing the full story. And so many of you, when you heard about this series, you probably immediately thought of the story we're going to talk about this morning, which is about Daniel being in the lion's den. Yeah, most of us, that's what we grew up with. We hear Daniel, we think of lions, they go together. But what's been so powerful for me about walking through this series together has been seeing how the story about the lions is so much bigger. And what God was doing in the life of Daniel and the life of that kingdom is so much bigger than just being thrown into a lion's den one night. So we're going to dig deep into that today. And the primary focus that we've been talking about in this series has been that the culture around you, oh, 
Siri thought I was talking to her. The culture around you wants to get inside you, but you've been called out to change it. We know this, right, inside of us. When we're in junior high and high school, we get talked about, uh, taught about peer pressure, like, hey, you're gonna go around other people and they're gonna pressure you to be different. But when we get older, sometimes we forget this, that we live in a culture that wants to pressure us to match it. It wants to get inside of us and, and make us into its image. But God has called us as followers of Christ to do the opposite, right? To change the culture around us. And that's what we see happening here in the book of Daniel. So just to give you a little bit of backstory, if you missed last week, go back and watch. It was absolutely fantastic as we learned about this story about the writing on the wall. If you've ever heard that phrase, we know it comes from scripture. But basically, God's people right now are removed from their homeland, and they're living in captivity in a foreign land with foreign rulers and foreign people, people who don't know about the Lord, people who don't know about their history and about what God has done in and through their lives. They're living in captivity, literally as prisoners in a foreign land. So in the, the chapter before this, in Daniel chapter five, what we covered last week, we learned about Belshazzar, the, the Babylonian king, and how he came to this really crazy destructive end as he lost his kingdom and actually lived as an animal outside in the field. It's a crazy story. Go back and, and watch that message and read that story if you haven't. But at the end there, he calls in Daniel. Daniel's the one who actually interprets the message. And Daniel is raised to this, this um, role of influence in the kingdom. But then this new king comes in. King Darius comes in, who's of the Medes and the Persians. And so they take over the kingdom. And Darius decides, I'm going to divide the kingdom into these 120 like districts. And I'm going to put 120 people over, you know, one over each district, and those are called satraps. And then he puts these three administrators or commissioners over those 120 to oversee them. Okay? So he's building out this structure. But he sees Daniel, and God has continued to to demonstrate Daniel's character, Daniel's leadership. And so the king is starting to think, I think I might put Daniel over everyone. So I'm going to take Daniel, who's one of these three administrators, but I'm going to put him over everybody. So what happens immediately? If you've, if you've ever gotten a promotion from among your peers, you know exactly what's about to happen. His peers are like, excuse me, that's not going to happen. We don't, this guy is a foreigner, doesn't even belong here. He's not one of us. So they start to plot they start to plan, try to figure out a way to take Daniel down. And so in Daniel chapter 6, if you want to pull out your Bibles, pull out your smartphones, and turn to Daniel chapter 6, that's where we're going to hang out today. And so you probably know a little bit about the story. We're going to start in, in verse 5. But the, these leaders are trying to plot against Daniel. And here's the crazy awesome part, okay? Daniel chapter 6, verse 5 says, These men said... We can't find any grounds for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it a connection with the law of his God. Now pause there and just think about that for a second. I want you to imagine that we're about to elect a president and nobody can find one lick of dirt on him. Not one skeleton in his closet, not one thing that he's done wrong in breaking any law. That's what happens with Daniel. He has a crew of powerful men trying to find a way to take him down, but he lives with such character, with such leadership, with such faith, 
that the only way they can find to take him down has to do with his faith and his loyalty to God. What a powerful testimony. What a powerful way to live that if someone could say about you or about me, man, the only way I could take Sarah down is if it has to do with Jesus because there's nothing else I can find to tear her down other than the consistency that she has in her relationship with God. What a challenge for us to live that way. So these men, they're like, all right, well, we can find something. They plot, they plan, and they go to the king and they say, hey, king, we have this really great idea. How about for 30 days, nobody in the kingdom can pray, can petition, ask anybody for anything except for you. Nobody can pray to anybody except you. Basically, king, wouldn't it be great to be God for 30 days? Wouldn't that be so fun? And the king says, all right, now note here that they say, so looking in uh, Daniel chapter 6, and verse, I believe it's verse eight, they lie and say, hey, we're all in agreement about this. We checked with Daniel. He's totally cool with this. Um, we're gonna make this rule. And Darius says, all right, all right. So uh, in verse nine, it says, therefore King Darius signed the document that this, the injunction. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house and in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. I'm gonna read that one more time. He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. If you have your Bible, highlight continued. Highlight previously. What does that tell you about what Daniel's doing? Now, there are stories in scripture where something happens and we get desperate, right? And people go into a room and they pray and they fast and they seek after God because something is happening. It's something different. But what Daniel is doing is something he's already been doing. All he does is continue to do what he's already been doing. He goes into his room, he kneels down, he prays, and he calls out to God. Because where you go when you're in trouble, it exposes where your heart is. Where we go, who we run to, the name that we call when we're desperate, it shows us where our heart is. I would say it even shows us where our faith is. If I go to my bank account when I'm in trouble, that's where my faith is. If I go to my boss, when I'm in trouble, that's where my faith is. If I go to myself when I'm in trouble, that's where my faith and my heart is. Some of us, we, we turn to things that self-medicate. We're seeing this right now, right? Alcohol sales are through the roof right now. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with alcohol. What I'm saying is it tells us something about what we run to when we're in trouble. When we're away from each other, when we're stuck in our homes, when we're disconnected, when our money is looking a little bit rough, what do we turn to? That is where our hearts are. Some of us, we, we turn to entertainment to try to escape from reality for a little while. And again, nothing wrong with entertainment, but it can easily become the place we run to when we're in trouble. Just give me two hours where I don't have to think about what is going on in the world. Did we go to God before that? Did we run to God 
First, some of us, this is me, I'm putting myself in this camp, we turn to control. What can I get my hands on? What can I control? Okay, when things are chaotic in my house, you know what I do? I find a room to organize. <laughs> if I can just get some things in line, if my shoes are all lined up, then I have some sense of control, right? And again, nothing wrong with a little bit of organization and control, but is that where we run when things get difficult? Because what Daniel did is Daniel created a pattern in his life of running to God all the time. And so when trouble came his way, he didn't have to do anything out of the ordinary. He just continued doing what he'd already been doing. I'm not going to let anybody or anything get in the way of my faith. I know where my heart is. I know where my help is. I know where my faith is. I know who my rescuer is. Now, this might come home a little bit more if I tell you a little bit about our house. So uh, you guys know we have eight kids. We have six boys. Okay, two little, little princess girls, my, one of my princess girls right here, looking like a princess today. And uh, I grew up in a house with four sisters, no boys, y'all. So I get married to a man who only has one brother, and we have two boys. And as soon as they're old enough to get rambunctious, basically toddlerhood, they're wrestling around. Aaron's like throwing them over his shoulder and swinging them onto the bed. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to kill somebody. And he's like, no, this is what boys do. Like we just, we rough house, you know? So if you come to my house, you can expect some rough housing, okay? So just a couple days ago, what this often looks like is our 19-year-old pinning our 13-year-old down on the couch. He's already got weight on him. The kid has no chance, but it doesn't matter. They still do it. And what do I always say? Don't wrestle on my couch. You can take it to your room. You can take it outside. Get off my couch. Don't go to my bed, but it doesn't matter. They're wrestling around, and inevitably what ends up happening is the younger or smaller one gets stuck in a spot, and what do they do? Mom! Mom, come get him off of me. Mom. Now, why don't they call for dad? Because they know dad will just jump in and do the same thing. They call for mom because I'm going to say, Micah, get off your brother. You know, he's small. That's what this looks like, right? Who do you call out for when you feel stuck? When you feel pinned down? Who's the name that you call out to? Do you call out to God or do you call out to something in this world that's tangible but is always going to end up letting you down in the end. My, my mentor, that my, she's an author, and she wrote this powerful book called Anonymous, God's Hidden, or Jesus' Hidden Years and Yours, Anonymous, highly recommend it. And what she says is this, that so many of us, when we talk about following Jesus and how we want to live like Jesus, we look at the three years that we see of his ministry in the Gospels, and we ignore the almost 30 years that came before it. Because Jesus was capable of living the life he lived because he spent almost three decades with a pattern of obedience, a pattern of discipline, a pattern of, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He was hidden. Nobody knew who he was. He was a carpenter. He built tables. He could heal people. And 30 years, discipline. I will only do what the voice of my father tells me to do. When we build those habits, those practices into our lives, you guys, times like now, when we build the habit of I'm going to get up Sunday morning and I don't care what it takes, I'm going to worship with my body. 
when I, during the week, continue to pray, continue to worship, continue to engage with the scriptures, continue to seek after God, that builds the foundation that we need when trouble comes. It holds us strong. Where you go when you're in trouble, it tells you where your heart is. It tells you where your heart is. So examine your heart. Do an evaluation. Guys, none of us is perfect. I put myself in that club. We all turn to other things. It is human nature. But what we can do is examine and know, God, I know what my tendency is. Help me to continue to turn back to you and continue to go to you first and build those habits into my life. So let's continue with Daniel. So Daniel chapter 6, we're down to verse 14 now. So these men, obviously, they follow Daniel. They had him set up. They were watching. He knew they were watching. They catch him. They go to the king and say, hey, king, remember that little thing you signed? Guess who violated it? And hey, you know what's going to happen now. He's got to get thrown into this pit with the lions. And starting in verse 14, then as soon as the king heard this statement, he's deeply distressed and he sets his mind on delivering Daniel And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself, trying to find a way to rescue him. And these men, they came by agreement to the king and said, hey, recognize king, it's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It's the law from above you that no injunction or statute which the king establishes can be changed. You can't undo this. It's the law. So the king gave the orders and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it so that nothing would be changed. And then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Even the king who loves Daniel, who really cares, who sees, hey, there's something different about you. The king is saying, look, I believe that this Lord that you follow, he's going to deliver you. Probably at this point, he recognizes what just happened. Hey, these leaders totally got me into this, like got me on their side, tricked me, fooled me, and now I'm in this spot where I'm bound by the law and I have to go through with this. But you see his faith grow. What does he do? He goes and he fasts and he prays and he says, man, something can happen. I I really believe that something can happen here. So the next morning he gets up, he runs out to this pit and he yells out, Daniel, please say you're there. Please say everything is okay. And in verse 21, Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they haven't harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den So Daniel was taken up, no injury, whatever was found on him because he trusted in his God. You are called to live among lions. When you follow after the Lord, you are called to live among lions. We, many of us grew up hearing this story and we hear the first part. We hear, oh God has delivered me from the mouths of the lions. And we stop there and go, that is absolutely amazing, oh my gosh. Well, what about the second part? Inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, I have committed no crime. See, the real power of this story is not that God just delivered Daniel from one night in a lion's den, but that God protected Daniel from living among lions every single day. Every day, 
He walked among lions, people who wanted to destroy him, forces, spiritual forces that wanted to destroy him. And every day as he went to the market, as he hung out with his friends, as he went in and out, God was watching over and protecting him because we're called to live among lions. We live in a culture, we live in a time when we follow after Jesus, there's always going to be forces that want to take us down. Always. And the power of your story, of my story, is that God protects us. And it it reminds me of, in college, Aaron and I had a friend, his name is Benito. He's a pastor in San Antonio now. We still keep in touch with him. And he's just this spunky, fiery Mexican guy who's about this tall. And like we would go out witnessing on the streets and stuff with him. And he'd tell people, hey, let me tell you a story. God delivered me and protected me from the dangers of sex and drugs and all of the dangers that are out there. And you know how? I never touched them. Because when we were young, the trendy thing in church was to be able to stand up and say, man, I was on my deathbed, I OD'd, or I was at this really dangerous spot in my life. You know, I'd gotten into all this mess and God took me out of it. Those are the stories we celebrated. We didn't celebrate the stories of the people who never touched it. And man, he had this way of reminding us like, No, no matter what your story is, God protects us from these lions in and out every day. And all of that is to be celebrated. So whether you're listening and your story is, yeah, God delivered me out of that stuff. That's my story. That is awesome. Now, every day, God is protecting you and watching over you and keeping you from that. But if you're in this room or you're hearing this message and you're like, hey, I never got into any of that stuff. Because God was watching over and closing the mouths of the lions that you walked in every single day, everywhere that you went. That's the power of the story. The power of the story is that God's watching over you all of the time. And then what happens? This is, this is incredible. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Darius, the king, he wrote a new decree. He wrote to all the people's nation and men of every language who are living in the land, may your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will never be destroyed and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Your faith can change a kingdom. One man, one woman's faith can change a kingdom. His faith changed the way that an entire kingdom of people worshiped. People then knew about the Lord and they knew about his deliverance. And listen, you guys, we are living in a time where things are so divided and things are so challenging and so difficult. This kingdom needs your faith. It needs your faith. It needs your willingness to walk and live differently, to change the culture. We're called not to reflect the culture, but to change the culture from the inside out, to allow the God that lives in us to change the way we live, to change the movies we watch, to change the music we listen to, to change the books that we read, change the jobs that we take, the way we spend our money. We are designed and called to live out our faith among lions each and every day. 
Let's take a minute, let's pray. You might be hearing this today and you might say, hey, listen, I, I don't know what I need, but I know I need a change. I, I need a reset. I don't have that kind of faith. I've never really taken that step to say, hey, okay, I'll, I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you want me to go. I'll, I'll give my life, my control over to you. And so this morning, I want to pray with you that today would be your second birthday. Today would be the day that you would reset your life and follow after your God, your Savior, your love. So everyone in this room, everyone online, will you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I come to you. I recognize you as my Savior. I have failed. I have lived my life my own way. And now I know that I need you. Wash me clean. Change my heart. I want to follow after you, no matter the cost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for anyone who has prayed that prayer today. And listen, if that's your prayer, you're like, hey, I need that. I need that reset. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. Please connect with us. Pastor Aaron's going to tell you how to do that in a second. But please don't log off yet. Don't leave yet because we want to connect with you and help you to continue following after the Lord. But for everyone else in this room, can I pray for you this morning? Will you pray with me? Those of you who are worshiping with us online, close your eyes, bow your heads, whatever you need to do to focus. Jesus, we want to live this life. We want to live a life where we're not changed and molded into the image of the culture, but where we see a kingdom that is changed because of the faith that we live out day in and day out. Give us boldness, God. Give us passion, Lord. Let us be dissatisfied with anything less than living this incredible life that you have called us to live. Change our hearts. Align us with you, God, because we know that you have good plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us a future and an inheritance that is far beyond anything we could see in this world, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live differently, to see the way that you're protecting us from the lions around us each and every day. Help us, Lord, to change this, this whole land, our nation, our communities, Lord, our workplaces. Let the places we go look differently because we're walking out our faith and bringing your light to them, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Now, prayer is what helped Daniel be delivered from the lions. So in your life, how can you introduce three daily prayer times into your life this week? It could be maybe just one minute, but it's stopping throughout the day to connect with God. And this is a key to victory in our lives. Here at New Community Church, we are all about making people and places new. We wanna know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.